You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Episode 70, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in a fun and informative format through expert analysis. And today's expert is a repeat guest, Dr. Nitin Gupta, a pediatrician at Rivertown's Pediatrics in New York. For longtime listeners, we last visited with Dr. Gupta as he just launched a direct primary care pediatrics practice. His experience over the last year with the struggles, I think, tells us a lot about the challenges and opportunities DPC docs face when launching on their own. Most insightful is how Dr. Gupta stopped spending so much energy explaining what DPC is and his scent went with the flow and started calling himself concierge, which was more familiar with his patient population. And it's made all the difference. His commitment to building relationships with patients and families, cash payments, and value didn't change, but the marketing of his practice did. It's a very interesting discussion on selling yourself and branding, critical to any business owner's success. Dr. Gupta's practice, the previous episode, other links can all be found at theparadox.com slash 070. That's P-R-A-D-O-C-S dot com on the show notes page. Please stop over at your favorite podcast player or iTunes and leave a rating and write a note about the show. Thank you again so much for sharing these episodes with friends and colleagues. If you want to follow the show on social media, and who wouldn't, you can find me at The Paradox Show on Twitter or search The Paradox on Facebook. But without further ado, Dr. Nitin Gupta on marketing your DPC practice and now well-established Paradox Bump. Enjoy. Well, welcome. I'm here revisiting with my friend Nitin Gupta, a pediatrician in a, um, well, we'll call it a DPC practice for now in uh, New York. Uh, Nitin, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Oh, thanks for inviting me back. Well, it's very fortuitous. You know, it's funny, you meant you had sort of contacted me, and now we're in episode 70, and last time it was episode 31, so almost a year ago, and probably because I don't record every week especially, so it has been about a year, and when we last visited, you had really just started your practice, 
And you got the Paradox bump right after I noticed that. You made it to CBS Evening News. Uh, you had a lot of... <laughs> right. <laughs> you made the national news. Because... <laughs> uh, and uh, and your practice has really kind of taken off since you were on the paradox. So I mean, I take a little bit of that credit. Oh, of uh, course, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not, <laughs> certainly. Uh, but why don't you? Um, well, let's start with the CBS Evening News because I think that was <laughs> the most interesting development. So for those who have, who don't recall, uh, in episode thirty-one, we discussed you had a a direct primary care pediatrics practice where you had just launched, and since then you had this this inter- this thing happened with this CBS news. So kind of what talk sort of how that happened. Ah, uh, did you actually watch that? So I, I did see it uh, because, you know, you posted all over the place, but you know, you, I mean, it's good publicity, right? I mean, it was, and it was a pretty cool thing that you're doing and that's why it was highlighted. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so yeah. So what happened was this was during the government shutdown last year and I was just getting kind of uh, frustrated with everything that was going on. And uh, my, my dad was a government employee. So I just got frustrated one day and I just put out a meme that said, I'm just going to see during this uh, government shutdown, this furlough, I'm going to see government employees for free. That's it. And then I posted that like, uh, like around like maybe 5 p.m. And then I wake <laughs> up this morning, there's 12,000 views on that, that meme. Apparently it went viral. <laughs> And I was like, I didn't even know. I was like, I went viral. What? I was I had a I had a big dentist. I had to go to my dentist the, the next morning. Um, you know, twelve thousand views. I said, How the heck did this happen? So may, maybe I got a lot of uh, followers from the podcast. You know, the the paradox. I think that's probably it. I think that, it was all the paradox it, bump. You know, it it's all, classic. It, it happens it all the time bump. with me. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I didn't think anything of it. Anyways, I'm I'm, I'm there in my dentist's chair uh getting my teeth cleaned and <clears throat> i get this call from his friend who i kind of i i just kind of knew her on social on facebook yeah mm-hmm. and she was very prominent in in the local facebook groups so seeing her um we're just facebook friends so i just i see a facebook call from her i didn't even know you could do that uh, it was i answered the phone i was like hello and she's like what are you doing right now I'm like getting my teeth cleaned She's like, you're going to get a call from CBS News. I was like, why? <laughs> She's like, because you're going, you're trending. I was like, on what? <laughs> She's like, your, your meme, it, it went, it, it's like all, it's making national news. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Why am I going to get a call? I still had no idea. I was like very shocked. And so I actually got a bunch of other DPC docs to kind of do a little pledge that, they would do the same thing. Like this would be our moment. This is what's going to separate us from everybody else. We're going to see those affected by the government shutdown. We're going to see for free. And, and, and that's it. And my dentist while I was sitting there on the dentist chair, he said, you did that. I said, yeah. So he <laughs> did the same thing. So he posted the same meme. So he was going to do that. It just, it kind of spiraled. Uh, it was, uh, I was, I was nervous as hell because I still wasn't quite sure why I was there because part of it also was like, I was still struggling with the fact that, that this was becoming a thing that kind of as a society, we fell so low that, that I think like a doctor saying he's going to see, see patients for free, like makes the news. I, it yeah, was, it was right. kind of a hard thing for me. And, and, uh, I was so not prepared. <laughs> I just didn't. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's fine. And, you know, it. what's neat about it, I think, on one level, you're correct in that it is It is weird that, that 
an act of charity and, you know, whatever the cause might be in government workers, you don't have, you know, that are get furloughed for a little while or if there had been a hurricane or something like that, you know, I think, uh, but the fact that you have the ability to do this sort of thing, people just don't see that. And, and it's, it's real shame. I mean, I think the only time a lot of physicians have the opportunity to do this sort of charity work is if they go to a, a clinic, like a, you know, a free clinic, they can't do it within the confines of wherever they're working, generally speaking now. And so that's what makes it sort of unique, what you're able to do as a DPC doc, and certainly a dentist can do it because they're usually all in uh, solo <laughs> practice, but they're not part of large health systems. Because within your, own, within, within your own institutions, you're not, you don't have the flexibility and the ability, you know, even capacity to do this sort of thing because no. there's all this, you know, the red tape, whatever the you red know, tape. might be. You know, actually, when I put out that meme, I also leaned on uh, a bunch of the uh, local mom-pop pharmacies to kind of honor that uh, kind of uh, kind of the, the, the thought and maybe sell the prescriptions at cost. And so I, I recruited a number of them, uh, the dentists, uh, the independent. It, it started to grow. But yeah, I, there was no way I could get uh, a big box pharmacy to do that because of the red tape. Yeah, it's like, well, we're okay. We're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to bring this up with management, and and because I did ask, I did ask one of the big box in in town, and they couldn't do it. And so this was our moment for independent physicians, uh, independent practitioners, dentists, pharmacists, things like that. It's a reflection of this. It's a reflection of small businesses, right? I mean, yeah, because essentially, you're the small business. You can be nimble. You can be, you know, you can adapt quickly. You don't have to send things to corporate headquarters, or I mean, it's. The disadvantage you don't have that you don't have the big might of whatever the corporation is from their marketing all that sort of thing. But the other thing is you can just re- you can do things that they can't do so quickly Absolutely. that they you know it th- that moment was over before they probably hadn't even a chance to have many meetings about it. I know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. But you know what was kind of funny? It was like somebody I, I saw I, I saw on Twitter. I, I only had Twitter. I set up a Twitter account for like a week. Uh, cause I, I just still couldn't figure it out the whole Twitter yeah. thingy. So, but I saw like, uh, afterwards, you know, somebody was like, look, this helped end the shutdown. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's just, thanks. But I haven't, it's still trying to process this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's great. And, you know, and the one thing I love about the direct primary care and, and it's, you know, a reflection, it, a lot of these movements, you feel like they're sort of ideologically ones on the left or the right, or, you know, there's some sort of, there's an ideology behind it. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the DPC thing is it seems to kind of, it doesn't matter where you are politically. I mean, I think people see there's a value, there's a relationship mm-hmm. you establish with a patient. And it doesn't really matter what you think about the president or Congress or anything like that, or, you know, what the health is. you just like, I'm just taking care of this person and I've got the ability to do this. That's and, it. And it doesn't yeah. matter what my politics are, because that's what I think makes it so much more robust than a movement that would just be <laughs> ideologically either on the right or the left, right? Because then as, that, as the political winds change, now it loses its steam. But DPC has the resiliency because it provides that value both to the, the physician in sort of practicing the way they want to practice and to the patient, obviously, for delivering services at a, you know, a high-quality service at a, a lower cost than you can get in the general, you know, the regular healthcare system. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. If, you know, of course, every everybody's got a political side. Everybody in 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 DPC, and and there's always people talking about it. They bring up politics, but the one thing we all agree is that really politics, you know, really should be isn't really going to affect our practices as much. We're going to we're working for our communities, working for our patients. 
and uh, whether we're left-leaning or right-leaning, it doesn't matter. We get to be doctors for our communities. Yeah, it's like it's a Hippocratic oath, right? You're just living, you're living it out, and uh, and that's yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thing. I think. I mean, I yeah. think that's that's why that's why we're in the business. Yeah. But you know, one of the to get into a different topic now, I think what's interesting is you know when we're we're here talking about direct primary care, and there's usually a distinction between the term concierge and direct primary care. And concierge is generally it seems to be direct primary care docs are very careful in saying concierge is the additional fee you pay to a service that's similar to direct primary care where you have exclusive access to a physician and 24 seven, you know, coverage and emails, all that sort of thing. But it's usually on top of an insurance payment program. Mm -hmm. It's not a separate thing. It's not outside the third party system, so to speak. It's sort of like, you know, you just pay extra to have this sort of extra special service. But you have, you are maintaining what be considered direct primary care, but you're not calling it at that. So why don't you go into sort of why you've sort of morphed into what you're doing now? So, you know, anytime you're starting a kind of a new concept or a new industry, uh, which is something I kind of view myself as doing is a lot of it comes down to marketing. And here in New York, the concierge doctors have been around for much, much longer time. And it's almost become synonymous with doctors who don't take insurance. So mm -hmm. that's why I kind of just had to kind of, it, it was hard. I found myself really trying to explain DPC more than anything. When I first opened up, I kind of kind of gave in. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just a concierge doctor. And then people are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in New York. Meanwhile, I didn't change anything. <laughs> it was a marketing strategy. And we had a TV show called Royal Pains, and that's what a lot of people remember uh, about this doc who kind of broke free of the system and uh, wasn't taking insurance. <laughs> that's what a lot of people remember. So I kind of rolled with it. I kept getting it a lot like, oh, you're like a concierge doctor. And I was like, no, I'm DPC. And they're like, what's that? And then, I, then yeah. the whole conversation shifted into DPC. And into this movement, it's a great movement and all that, but it wasn't really helping me out because like I, I still needed to get patients. <laughs> so, sure. so, and then in pediatrics, I think DPC in a lot of states that have, haven't really expanded man, uh, Medicaid, the DPC kind of can almost be like a replacement for an insurance, even though it's not, but it, it it's something that um, is a is a big option now. In pediatrics, we have the children's health insurance program, so I'm not so kind of doing the, using the same kind of marketing tactics that other DPC practices use doesn't quite apply uh, because right. most kids in New York, at least, almost nearly all kids in New York have some form of insurance through uh, either employer or through the children's health insurance program. I do have kids, uh, a handful that don't have insurance, but but in a, in a state that uh, expanded Medicaid, now it I, I can't use that same marketing, so I had to kind of change it around and say I'm a concierge. It really stuck with people. It made a lot more sense for a lot of people hearing that word. But yeah. but my pricing was really the kind of same. <laughs> yeah, right. Now my Absolutely. prices are still my rates are still higher than most DPC practices. But it's also my where I live, uh, Westchester. So it's high. It's high compared to like those in the Midwest. But uh, nearly, pretty much every family as part of my practice feel like they don't pay enough, <laughs> and yeah. that's a good feeling to have because you know what happens? Sure. Some of those families actually insist on paying me more. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good problem <laughs> so to have. Listen, I didn't ask for that. They're like, we're going to pay you more. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to argue too much. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's very interesting because, you know, there, as there's there are regional differences both in – I think there's regional differences in obviously income and standard living mm-hmm. and what's the expected, you know, the cost of gasoline is way more in California than it is say in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And that's right. And that's, so your, your prices overall are just, just different. And so there's definitely a value to be perceived. And I think this is like when people talk about marketing, the value to be perceived by, by customers, you know, how much do you price things? If you price it too low, people think, well, it must be not very good. It must be terrible service, right? And so you want to price it at a point where people can afford it, but they think there's it's a of some sort of value, right? It There's always like the anchor price on, on menus that they say, you know, the cheapest thing is like, you know, the macaroni and cheese is like $13. And so that way you can price your steaks at 50 because people always say, well, it's at least five times better than a bowl of macaroni and cheese. And if you were you know, price your macaroni for cheese is five dollars. People aren't going to spend more than twenty five dollars on your steak or something like that. You know, they're uh, and it. I do think the the language is interesting too because you know language is a is a is it always evolving. Mm-hmm. New words enter the vocabulary. Definitions change the way we use words. Nouns become verbs. You know, verbs can become nouns. Yeah. And you know, like tonight for dinner, I had some pop. You probably never had pop. You've had soda, right? I mean, there there are different <laughs> there are differences, uh, just like that. And so, it's not surprising that people would say that it, maybe in a region like yours, that concierge already had a defi- a definition that was well known to people. And so, for you to sit, to adopt that language makes sense. Yeah. Whereas other places, no one really had concierge medicine. So, adding to learn a new phrase, it doesn't make a difference, right? And so, maybe DPC is just as reasonable, you know, yeah. a, an option, uh, and. So anyway, it, it's very interesting how that, that works. And so it was, it was a, for you, since you're a small business, you're just, you know, one guy, you just recognized sort of where, where it was easy to make the sale and just sort of have people introduce them to what you're doing. You know, right there. (laughs) Let's talk about that CBS news interview. Right. Right. You would think that would have exploded my practice. So here, here's the paradox of, of uh, going on national TV. I followed the, I followed the recipe book uh, for DPC. I had all my, pra- uh, I had all my rates up on my, pra- uh, on my website, uh, uh-huh. all the transparency there, all the information there. After that CBS, evening, uh, CBS News interview, I had a lot of hits on my website. Sure. And and they went to the homepage, they went to the about page, they went and then finally got to that like the members page where my rates were. That's where everything was stopped cold right there. Hmm. <laughs> it just stopped. And so actually after that CBS News interview, I didn't get a single patient for about two months. I think that CBS News interview was really about I think it was like uh January, I think, or, or December. Yeah. I didn't uh-huh. get a patient for about eight, ten weeks. <laughs> Talk about panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I said, uh-oh, what happened? I had everything. I said, can't be more transparent. But what happened was that having my my rates right there on my website, um, it works for a lot of other DPC practices. It just wasn't working for me. Uh, because I think what happened was it took away the conversation. Uh, and it, it, it took away that phone call or that email that that parent or that particular patient might, might've wanted to, uh, wanted, wanted to do. They want, if they, if they had too much information. Mm-hmm. So I've sitting there during that time, actually, right, right after that interview, I made some 
I brought in a, a Dr. Lori Solomon of Innovix Medical. She actually opened the first PPC practice in Scar in Westchester, New York, in Scarsdale. Scarsdale, one of the richest cities in the country. You know, kind of like, wow, this would have made sense. Right there, Scarsdale. People want better personalized care. They're, they're, it's in a rich area. Hey, people are probably going to pay for that. Uh, and she charged $100 a month per patient. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, it's all regional differences, right? Yeah, so sure, that's yeah. kind of like nothing for people in, in that area. Her practice didn't do so well. It just, and it's kind of like, it was mind boggling. Like how, how is this not working? Um, I actually met her uh, off of, D, uh, I, I found her on DPC Frontier, uh, the mapper on dpcfrontier.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, right before I opened my practice, I went and got her blessing. And we kind of stayed in chat and said, hey, let's let's see, maybe we can kind of uh, buy, purchase things together like flu shots and, you know, uh, economies of scale. Uh, sure. we, we, we kind of kept in touch for uh, every, we, we checked in with each other every month to see how each other were doing. And one month, I think it was like October, I said, how are you doing over there? She's like, I'm not doing that well. I said, oh. <laughs> you know, I hear about everybody's uh, DPC practices just flourishing as soon as they open their pre, uh, people have already like uh, pre-signed their memberships or something like that before yeah, they even yeah. opened. And then I hear this one uh, DPC practice in Westchester. She's six months in or eight months in and she's like, I'm not doing very well. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. Where, a place you think you would be very successful. You would think. You would think. I think a couple months go by. We're chatting every month, and and as my practice was kind of get, uh, picking up, a lot of my parents uh, were said, "Hey, I wish this is great. I wish there was something like this for us." And yeah. <laughs> so I kept referring them to her, but she was about twenty minutes away, which really isn't that far. But nobody yeah. wanted to go to her. Uh, I don't know. It's twenty minutes, but. It was one day I I just called her up and just, you know, it was like our, our kind of monthly check-in. Like, hey, how are you doing? She, she said, you know, I'm going to close this practice. I just, I'm losing a lot of money. I can't do it. I said, oh, well, I got two more exam rooms open. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do mostly house calls. So <laughs> um, I'm only using one. Why don't you join me? I will get you more patients. And so then she came, she joined. So she joined. And then uh, also around that time, I got a, a child therapist uh, who recently wrote a book uh, called The Tantrum Survival Guide. She was on Good Morning America and things like that. Uh, I knew she had a, pra I know she had a practice in, in West, in Manhattan. I said, hey, how about a Dobbs Ferry practice? Mm -hmm. So I was able to get her to join my office. So now there's three of us. And then the CBS News interview. And I was like, this is going to set us. <laughs> this is going to put us on the map. Uh, the crickets for, yeah. <laughs> for like two months. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. And that's where we kind of, Dr. Solomon and I kind of had to sit down and we kind of retooled our whole thought. And we realized we got to go at this at a concierge angle. We got to, uh -huh. that's what it's going to be. It's going to be concierge. It's not, it's the same darn concept. You're just rebranding. It's just we rebranded concierge. It's the same mentality. It's the same philosophy. We changed it to concierge. That was it. When we switched it over to concierge, we rebranded ourselves concierge. It changed the whole narrative from what is DPC to, oh, you're concierge. 
oh man, you must charge $3,000 a year, which a lot of concierge docs who are already in existence in in New York, in Connecticut, they're charging about $3,000 a year, uh, kind of a retainer or uh, even yeah. 2000 But for us, we kept the same prices. <laughs> so so my my sister-in-law she's a, a marketing guru she that's uh, she's a uh, she's a marketing person and yeah. he said you know you never want to compete on price because there's always somebody out there who's going to beat your price and all of a sudden mm-hmm. dr solomon and i became those two people who are going to beat everybody's prices and then that started to change the whole narrative so march hits didn't get a single patient People, uh, people started getting their deductibles in the mail. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, right. They, they, it's like, oh, that, that visit they just saw the pediatrician for or their interns for in January, deductibles reset January 1st. Now they're starting to get, now they started seeing our, our concept like, hey, uh, it, was, it was almost like we just changed it as we're concierge, you, you deserve better. Uh, mm-hmm. You deserve quality and accessibility. And that's what we changed. Because we weren't trying to be an alter, alter uh, we weren't trying to be an alternative to uh, insurance. What we changed was the accessibility and quality. You're getting uh, you're getting more free money with us. <laughs> yeah, right. it just changed. We we changed it saying concierge, you're getting us twenty four seven. That was the change. <laughs> and then now, now we're doing well. <laughs> So really, so it's, that's fascinating because, you know, that is, again, that is the DPC sort of model that we show, we show our low cost alternative to getting care elsewhere. And you guys say, well, we are that, but that's not what we're, that's not our sales pitch. Our our pitch is that people expect to pay a lot to go to see the doctor. So we're going to provide care above and beyond what people are getting elsewhere. And then they find out that we're relatively inexpensive Mm -hmm. in comparison to what they're getting just for regular care. Yeah, and they're gonna and they're gonna recommend it be us to their friends and everyone say you wouldn't believe this place you know you get this great care. Every patient is a walking billboard. Yeah, sure. And so, um, and, and so I just right before we, we our meeting uh, uh, this phone call we uh, I just interviewed a family and the mom uh, she was just she just emailed me and she said this is this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. what you're providing i said i said i wish it i, I wish it wasn't <laughs> i wish yeah i right. wish we went back to those days <laughs> that's all i'm trying to do <laughs> you, you know and i wonder and i wonder at some point you know you're providing the service and and if there are 50 other people entrance into your market let's say then you're going to have probably different strategies and different types of patient populations you're going to be capturing with, you know, different techniques, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I imagine from a marketing standpoint, there'll be different ways. And what works where you are is entirely different than what's going to work in, you know, in Dayton, Ohio. Absolutely. And that's, prob- and, and that's what you've discovered, right? Yeah, you have to know your market. Uh, that's the key. Um, and I've talked to a few pediatricians who, who have opened their DPC practices uh, and they he said, hey, yeah, I'm not doing so well. And I, and I said, well, how are you marketing? Let me look at your Facebook page. Let's, let's talk about this. And it's like, hey, you know what? You're, you're doing the, you're, you're trying to talk about what you provide versus insurance. No, don't even bother with the insurance. You know, you, you're trying to say that 
hey, you don't need insurance to see me. No, don't even bother with that. Because yeah. that's, you've got people who are secure that they have insurance. What you try to say is, really, it's this is the quality I provide. <laughs> and yeah. in some cases, if you have a high deductible, it's the kind of quality I provide without you even needing to use your insurance. And, and, that's, and that's something, and I think that especially for pediatricians, where most kids have access to the children's health insurance program. Most kids have, have insurance sure. in this country. That's the trick. We, we've got to really sell, not sell, but we've got to really emphasize the quality you're going to get from having you as the pediatrician. Uh, oh, well, that's also no, another difference, I guess, my practice is a little different from other pediatric practices is I guess I don't really have the uh, set hours. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And so they can call me twenty four seven, and and I and um, and I do house calls. I guess that's another little separate thing. So I guess um, I hate to use the word hybrid, but because hybrid, we always look at is hybrid is some is is a practice that uses uh, that bills insurance as well right, as right. Uh, a monthly. Um, but uh, I I think I I guess I like to think I'm more of a hybrid and kind of my bit uh, the way i practice i guess yeah, right <laughs> it's sort of like you could say you had a hybrid practice where you're sometimes in the hospital and sometimes you know running a patient and sometimes you're in your clinic and so it's you know that would be some could be seen as a hybrid so instead of going to the hospital you're just going to people's houses yeah <laughs> it's, an, it's an alternative like site for seeing patients right but that's your that's a hybrid model that you're mm-hmm. professing so i guess there are two questions one is uh, do you think that pediatrics because it's sort of the things you mentioned do you think it's unique to your area or do you think that's sort of, if you're a DPC doc, that you should be looking as a value proposition, not with by price, but, but with the services you offer and the care, that that's what parents want and parents are willing to spend money on? I mean, if you look at it, parents spend tons of money on like you know, soccer teams mm-hmm. and cross and all this stuff. So for like, them I'm sorry, your kid's up, not going to be a professional athlete. It's right. Exactly. That's <laughs> statistic. But they're spending the money on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And you think they would be more than happy to drop a hundred dollars a month to get really high quality healthcare and make, and have less worries about the kid. Know there's someone they can, they can rely on. I mean, do you think that's the model for, maybe it's unique to pediatrics. Maybe that's sort of a, just kind of a, an outlier with compared to the other, the other specialties. I, you know, I can't, I can't speak for every pediatric. I mean, do you think it's unique to New York? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because Amber, Amber Price over in Chicago and Andrea Wadley in, in Texas, it's, it's something we, we all chat about. We talk about, we can't, we can't utilize the similar, we have to have a different kind of marketing strategy. And it's really, it really comes down to what we're providing you, not what deeper, not what DPC necessarily provides you. It's, it's yeah. weird. It's, we have to really say, this is who you're getting. It's us, twenty four seven. It's that value added um, product. <laughs> sure. Kind of. Yeah. And and parents, but we have to prove. We have to tell them because you know when we say it, we have to really go out of our way and say no, we're providing health care as opposed to that big hospital group or that or yeah. that big insurance. Uh, like no, that's managed. And yeah. you, know, you might be spending two hours for five, uh, waiting two hours to get five minutes with your, with your pediatrician, or you can get 
an hour at least with us on your schedule. And sure. so we have to kind of set because most of these, a lot of, if you say we're an alternative, you don't have to use your insurance or you don't need insurance to see us. Well, people are going to be like, well, I have insurance. I mean, if you're all you're talking about is insurance, like what's the point of you? Um, right. We have to say what we, what we're really about. And, and yeah, uh, travel, uh, you know, you could spend, I guess on your local soccer team, soccer league, you spend like a couple of hundred bucks or you don't go on this travel soccer team. And a couple thousand. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. I'm, yeah, I mean the the money is there, and and like you said, you're providing medical care, not managed or not um, not managed care. I provide so, I mean, care. That, but I yeah. provide health care. Insurance <laughs> restricts your care. So. Yeah. Well, and it, it almost makes you wonder too. At some level, maybe the DPCs, maybe the, a lot of these docs are kind of going about wrong, the wrong way too. I mean, maybe this is maybe the way you market yourself is really not on the price point. No. That that's sort of how you, because in some ways you could say. Um, you know, what is it that draws people to an iPhone, for instance? Is it the fact that it costs $600? Or is it the fact that it's a flashlight, it's a compass, it's a, you know, it holds your email, it has web browsers, you can watch television on it. Is it all that stuff? And then you say, oh, by the way, it's $600 and, you know, Androids, whatever. And that the the price is not, the price is maybe the where you've just closed the sale? I don't know. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the, the cell phone uh, kind of analogy because actually an iPhone. I'm going to go get a new iPhone later this week. <laughs> and it's, again, you never compete on price. Yeah. I'm going to get an iPhone because that iPhone is basically my receptionist. And it's like, I do all my work on it. I don't care what the price is going to be because I know it's a good quality phone. I'm pretty sure I can get a Samsung for cheaper, I believe. But uh, that's the thing. You're never going to go based off of, you can't compete on price. And I think that's something we need to, the DPC practices who might need to re, retool their, their strategy. I think they need to really think that through. It's maybe it's not trying to save people money. Maybe you need to tell them what you're going to offer them. Yeah. The reason that I'm drawn to the DPC, I, so I am a cheapskate, so I'll admit that right, <laughs> up, right up front. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I had a I had a DPC doc. I had insurance and I had a DPC doc because I just felt like I could never get into real see the doctor. Now yeah. I'm a fairly healthy person, so yeah. it's not really a big deal. I don't really t- I don't I don't say I shouldn't say I don't really. I really don't take any medication. I probably should take like vitamins, and I just don't do that very well. <laughs> doctor, heal thyself, right? Uh, so I'm really, I, you know, I'm like the. I don't really need to have someone like that, but that but having one certainly was nice, and it was relatively inexpensive, especially for the value I got out of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't the price that brought me into see it. Now, I it mean, was, it could have been prohibitively expensive if I'm like, well, I'm never, I'm not gonna pay $500 a month for something I'm never going to see. And you know, there's no, there's no value in there. It's the fact that you're going to get this high quality care. And then, oh, by the way, you know, labs are cheaper and all this stuff. And it's going to yeah. ultimately lower healthcare costs and all these other benefits that come with it. But that's not sort of what all those things draw you in. It's, it's the price at the end that's the one that says, oh, yeah, this is good. You know, this is something worth doing. But it's that's not saying, oh, it's only $100 a month for all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, I kind of get this stuff anyway or does it really make a difference? And uh, I think – so I think, you know, you can have transparency of prices or yeah, like you – know, I am transparent. I actually took my price right. off my website, actually. Uh, I, I, I was just looking at it. I, I can't find it, it anymore. We took it off. Yeah. 
because uh, <laughs> we took it off and that's when we started to get the conversations again. That's we fascinating. More phone calls. We started to get more emails and then we'd bring them in or we'd talk to them on the phone and, and then we'd talk about the price. But first, after saying what we offer, right? And then we talk yeah. about this. And, and for five and up, it's $100 a month. Do you know how complicated $100 a month is for people who aren't prepared to do math? Well, I mean, look at I mean, <laughs> like, People are like, wait, wait, wait. I'm so confused. I was like, it's $100 a month. Wait, hold on. My copay is $50 every time I see a, go, to, a, go see the doctor. For a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, how much do you spend on your health? How much do you spend out of pocket? I mean, but I found is that that actually didn't quite. It, it got too confusing, even though it's so simple. <laughs> it actually got too confusing because actually, I think what it is is uh, one of my friends told me he's an economist said it's uh, kind of for the past 30, 40 years, and the whole health insurance industry kind of it has applied to uh, behavioral economics and it can it's kind of made us feel that we need insurance mm-hmm. for everything actually it's not just health insurance it's just the insurance industry i mean just go to best buy would you like to spend 40 percent more for your toaster to insure your toaster it's like no if it breaks in two years i'm gonna buy a new damn toaster yeah right exactly uh but but that's the thing and now we've gotten to this point where it's now become acceptable for us to buy insurance to pay for what insurance doesn't pay for. Affleck, right, Affleck, great commercials, but that's insurance to pay for what insurance doesn't pay for. Whoa, <laughs> but that is that that darn goose is way more accepted than I am. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's part of the vocabulary, right? I mean, that's sort of like we're talking about the language. It's a it's a it's a term. It's terminology that people are used to. What? Because. It's behavioral economics. This yeah. was done over decades, and now here we are. Well, you're unraveling it all, right? All, one person at a time, aren't you? I am, because every patient's a billboard, and uh, <laughs> and every patient of mine, every family of mine, is basically kind of is talking about this model. I mean, I really want this to grow, and it's not really what I want. Is I want more doctors. I want more doctors to kind of hop in. I I really I wasn't a teaching attending. Uh, years ago and and i still every once in a while i'll get i'll get an email from an old resident of mine or an intern and they're burning out i I really want more doctors to start to really stop and think about what's happening what's going on and um if more doctors say if somebody opens up a dpc pdh practice across the street cool i won Oh yeah. I mean, we're all, we're, we're all breaking away. We're all starting to provide better care and we're, we're finding there is a way. I mean, I don't know if this, I I don't know if this is the answer for the whole country. I don't know, but I know for my community right here, I know it's something I can do, but only for a small limited number of people. I mean, there's only so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I sure, I'm sure at some point people were, people thought there was no way to get to Europe unless you went and took a boat. True. And then a couple of people took a plane and then realized, oh, you can get there way faster. And yeah. it's actually, and then at some point it became, you know, less expensive and it, you know, it, it made sense. And then no one would cross the ocean by, by boat. Yeah. But for a long time, that was the only way to get across. And you probably never imagined there's another, you know, there's any other way to do it. And your mindset was just such that, you know, you want to get across country, you have to take a train. And then yeah. at some point you just drove or you took a car. Yeah. I mean, it was, 
it just things have to change and but i think you know it's what's interesting is the as these adoptions these new technologies or practices or, or um, innovations it can actually be very quick at some you know yeah you may not you will know you've been toiling at it for maybe a couple of years other people have been doing it for like 10 years mm-hmm. and so it will to the media and to everyone else it'll seem like a amazing thing it just suddenly happened but it's you know it took those early adopters a number of you know maybe a decade or two to get to get yeah. established and to just sort of <laughs> figure out the process right yeah and then everyone's like oh yeah of course the house would you do this right but yeah. um so i get the one question i was also thinking about earlier too okay a doc i'm a pediatrics i'm getting burnout i want to go and do this but my f- huge fears i'm the only one there i'm taking call 24 7 i've got let's say 350 400 patients i'm not sure how many you have <laughs> uh am i ever going to sleep oh yeah uh i know i sleep very well <laughs> So how is that possible? Because, you know, like I watch my wife when she's on call and she's on call for the entire clinic and now they have, yeah. you know, thousands of patients. Oh, yeah. and so there's, you know, there's, oh, and it gets nurses, the nurses take the calls and stuff. And maybe it's just because of the large po- patient volume. Or do you think it's different because they are more likely to contact you during the day and they don't feel like they have to contact you at, you know, when it just suddenly crisis hits at midnight, they get a call? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so when I worked for uh, uh, my last practice, I, I think we had like, over 10,000 patients. Sure. And, um, and those calls sucked. <laughs> those are the worst. <laughs> you don't know the patients, right? Yeah, I don't know the patients. Times. I've seen 35 plus patients a day. And yeah. uh, a lot of those calls were from patients who were actually seen earlier that day. And it was sad because I was like, oh, which doctor do you see? And they're like, oh, that Indian doctor. I was like, oh, oh, you saw me? I couldn't even remember that I saw that patient that day. <laughs> I'm the only Indian doctor there. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. But those were the those calls were terrible, and I had there was five other doctors, and so that's the traditional model, which is sad because that's now the traditional model. Yeah. Versus me now. Um, yeah, I just saw I think four patients today, um, <laughs> and cold and flu season started. I've got a cold, not the flu, uh, but uh, but. What what I get this, this question asked a lot, uh, especially from if I get this from potential people who want to join my practice, I say if that's their first question, I'm like, you're not ready for this. Go home. Yeah, right. But, yeah, obviously, but uh, what it is is when you're spending an hour of your time, two hours, getting to know this family, getting to know your patients, spending time with them in their home, or having fun with them at the office, you become family, and sure. so. I'm not going to call my mom at 2 a.m. when I know she's sleeping. <laughs> right. She's family. I'm just sure my mom wouldn't mind. Well, no, she would. But then uh, she'd be like, oh, I'm hearing from you. But <clears throat> that's the best thing. All my patients, they, they, they don't call. And actually, sometimes I'm kind of like, hey, you know, you really should have called me on that. Right. But we didn't want to disturb you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times they know, they know I have two young kids. They, they know that they can call me at 6 a.m. They, they wait till like six. It's always funny. They wait till six <laughs> You know, that's when my my little my little toddlers like woke me up. Um, but uh, but I've been called uh, in this past year uh, three times. Three yeah. times. Three times. And and, and they were legit. I mean, these kids had bad croup. So I had to, yeah, right. I, had to I was going to guess it's probably croup, right? Oh, it was croup. It was croup, and it was kind. Of, it, it was of course like midnight or 2 a.m. and 
take them over there. I'm walking them outside and I'm giving them a shot of Decadron. And mm-hmm. uh, I just saved that family eight hours in the ER. <laughs> oh, sure. And $1,500 copay or something. But I came to them. And so that's, that's the difference. But yeah, that's, it's a true emergency. I, you know what? I want to be called. <laughs> it's my patient. Uh, but yeah, sure. no, I, I sleep very well. Um, I just can't enjoy like NFL Sunday as much, you know, at the bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have some families who, <laughs> so, it's funny. I have some families who are awesome. They, like, I know I, I, I got to avoid certain bars on Sunday because they're going to be like, yo doc, come in. And, and <laughs> like come on have a beer i'm like i can only, you know i can only have one <laughs> that's it that's it and like who's gonna who's gonna rat you out and i'm like well i guess i mean you are the families but uh <laughs> i'm like that's it, only one but i've lost some weight because of that <laughs> <laughs> an added benefit it's actually a great weight loss program who knew yeah. all the things that DPC and then when we go on a vacation you. i'm a i'm a cheap date like, <laughs> like it doesn't take me much to <laughs> it's just one drink and I'm done for the day. Well, that's the other question too that I get uh, is what what do you do for vacations? I mean, do you have now, I mean, now you have a partner, so I assume you guys can sort of cover for each other sort of. Yeah. So um, what did you do so before you had a partner though? Um, actually, I'm still the first call. So uh, if I go to St. Martin or, you know, in the Caribbean, uh, only like two uh, flights from here, um, there's Wi-Fi all over this planet. <laughs> So, yeah, that's true. So my right. patients text me; they call me with FaceTime, uh, and uh, and a lot of times, um, you know, I might be able to kind of just uh, help them out that way. Uh, but uh, there's, of course, that one time where the kid—it's like, oh no, we're worried he has strep. Well, Dr. Solomon's at the office. Uh, why don't you go see Dr. Solomon? And then Dr. Solomon's like, "Yep, strep," and she just texts me. Um, yep, he's strep positive. Okay, cool. I'll just send him the script from like the beach. <laughs> yeah um but uh but you know what there's another dpc pediatrician that just opened in greenwich so i covered for her when she was away on uh, for a weekend and then in return she'll cover for me but that's the nice thing about if more and more uh pediatricians and fan practitioners if they start to join this model it's great we're all one big happy family i mean a little stressed out in the beginning but we're we're eventually happy we're all here supporting each other uh, but, uh, but technology is a good thing. And that's, that's one big reason it's my iPhone, right? It, it's yeah, right. that I just being able to use the phone, text me, call me. That is what separates me from every other practice. They're just not using it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these insurance companies and hospital groups are saying, uh, oh, we have telehealth services. Yeah. But it's not with your doctor. It's with some random doc. That doesn't right. Help. Right. Well, you know, I think it's great. You can use technology. You can leverage it to to help your practice and to provide better service and and better care for people, which is not what technology is being leveraged for in most of medicine right now. I mean, it's there is certainly technology that's been used for great things, and and I see in the OR all the time new advances and new instruments, things like that. But when it comes to record keeping, when it comes to communication stuff, it's not leveraged in any way that's helpful to anybody except the people who are um, sending the bills to the insurance companies or Medicare, Medicaid, uh, they're just, you know, this stuff is There's, just being used for the, know, for not I, to help the care of medicine, yeah. care of patients. No, absolutely. You know, here, let me, let me ask you this. Have you noticed, I want to ask you if you've noticed this. I grew up in the Silicon Valley in California. So technology has always been kind of a big part of my life and just keeping an eye, like just always fascinated by it. 
and seeing where technology has taken technology in every other industry technology has resulted in lowering of prices oh yeah you know look at food technology food technology has made food so cheap that now obesity over the planet has now become a problem right uh i mean you look at like even fracking natural gas I and mean, look at how low gas prices are mm-hmm. everything <laughs> and just look at these computers i got a chromebook for 350 bucks i just you know 20 years ago this thing would have cost me like like two grand but of course every new technology that that comes out in medicine it actually it only further increases costs yeah no i there's no question i I see, I see like for a great example is when we have robotic surgery, we have these, the Da Vinci robotic system that uh, is basically performing laparoscopic surgery. Can it do things that the regular laparoscopes can't? Uh, yes, it can do, you know, can get you in, in nooks and crevices that you couldn't ordinarily get to easily. It certainly lengthens the length, the lengthens the time for surgery, <laughs> hmm. but I'm seeing people that who are doing a relatively routine surgeries like a gallbladder or hernias using the robot. And it doesn't provide any extra value, yeah. but it's but there's the compensation to the facility is like five thousand dollars more. The different CPT code, right? Well, and you or, your facility fee is just so much higher, and so yeah. there and you want to utilize it because these are million dollar machines, right? And and for the surgeons, I imagine they're kind of fun, and patients like oh a robot, well that must be way yeah. better. But um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you see you see all this technology, you see the the cost of a television. We get like oh, yeah. sixty inch televisions with high definition crystal clear you, know, you can see like the pores on people's noses and stuff oh, when yeah. they're getting ready to pitch and the price is probably like one hundredth of what it would have been oh yeah uh, even in 1980 right i mean getting a tv that a projection remember they're like thousands of dollars and that was yeah. 1980 dollars yeah. like i don't know what that'd be right now like fifty thousand dollars something and we're paying like 600 bucks it's crazy yeah uh, and and you're right absolutely it the incentives are all off in medicine and healthcare and and I I do I really believe that not DPC is not like you said it's not the answer for everything it's not going to fix the healthcare system. However, yeah. <laughs> I think small ideas, innovative ideas at the margins are what's going to transform healthcare. And and if we just let if people just let the market kind of work itself out, and as people find better ways to do things and to leverage technology, and the problem is we just keep trying to everyone. There's this huge push to consolidate stuff from the people who are the big players. Mm-hmm. They, you know, change the rules, the, the laws, and all the sort of the the <laughs> the government payers and everything. They they're pushing things in ways that are not helpful to anybody, yeah. Uh, except except the big players, and yeah, and it's too bad because the the ability to there are people who are even despite all the things that odds against them are still managing to do really kind of cool things. I mean, like what you're doing is really neat, and like my doctor and their the surgery center of Oklahoma, there are all kinds of people doing things, yeah. but we just have to get out of the way and let them do these things and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the breaking point is here. And, and I called this about 10 years ago. I, I knew this was going to happen where, <laughs> where the cost of the cost of insurance is going to outweigh the actual cost of the care i think we're here we've already oh, reached yeah. we've we've well passed that um i just had a conversation with the new potential family and they're like we're so tired of paying 40 bucks for a strep test i was like oh that thing that cost me two bucks <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> i don't even nickel and dime that. that's just part of my membership it's two dollars like really i say yeah it's two dollars 
they they get bad. <laughs> yeah. You know that you know um, a moxicillin costs ten dollars. Like really? It's a it's a buck eighty. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, do you have a dispensing rules? Uh, are you allowed to dispense? Yeah. So you're so you're one of the forty five states that does. I I talked to yeah. a doc a little while ago, and she of course can't do that, and she's fighting for that in Texas. Yeah. Um, but. Well, we can't sell. So if someone, oh, you can't sell it. So if someone, so if someone wants a prescription of like lisinopril, you can't say, well, that'll be fifty cents or something. So you don't have, you're not able to dispense medications and sell them. I can't sell it. Okay, so, that's interesting. Uh, so you're one of the five states that can't. So you're also because in Michigan we can. So in Michigan, my doc charges ten ten percent above wholesale, which I think is kind of standard if there's any sort of standard you know measure for DPC docs covers yeah. your cost your bottles and you know label so, makers and yeah uh, if i have a uh, if if i have a kid uh if uh that has an ear infection or strep or science and it's late in the day <laughs> mm-hmm. like here you go <laughs> you just, yeah you just give it to him yeah yeah well, it makes sense go. right and the parents are like oh how much do we owe you i'm like i can't sell it to you but trust me it doesn't cost as much as you think it <laughs> Actually, I'm very transparent about it. I was like, yeah, I got, I got that. I got a great um, GPO. That cost me $1.80. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but I now, now the thing is, though, because I am a member of my chamber of commerce, and I believe in small businesses, um, I, I, I will not give uh, full courses. Because actually, one of the mom pop pharmacies said, "Hey, it'd be great if you could just do a starter dose, but please send a prescription over to us, and <laughs> we will." I was like, "You know what? That's 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 fine." And and they said, "Well, and and the small mom pop pharmacies are always good about kind of double checking what's the cash price versus going through the insurance." They send it over to a big box and uh, send some eardrops over to the big box, and it's one hundred and eighty bucks. I, I call it the. Uh, I talked to the pharmacist about that big box and said, how much is it if you don't run it through the insurance? Oh, it's $35. <laughs> hey, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they can compound for you and do the things that you can't get the bigger. Yeah. And so, to, which is nice. But since, since I've been open, uh, when I opened a year ago, uh, there was three independent mom pop pharmacies here. And now we're down to one. So oh. two of them shut down, and it's because they begin squeezed out. And so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, kind of support that one last remaining mom pop in Penn Pharmacy, um, just as I do with any of the businesses around here. A lot of my a lot of uh, a lot of the members of my chamber of commerce, uh, they'll give um, my patients like ten percent discount or twenty percent discount at service. Cool. Um, and I'll do the same for them if they need me and. And it's, it's really, like I said, I don't know if DPC is the, is the answer for the whole country. All I know is at least I know I can help my community here. And so part of that community, it's small business community. Oh, another thing during this time was, uh, since we last spoke, was I'm a founding member of the Independent Doctors of uh, Westchester, New York. We're, we're trying, we're growing and we meet every month and we're just basically, our whole goal is to try to keep every physician in, in our county independent. Uh, because a lot of these docs, they don't want to get gobbled up. They don't, they, they don't want to, they don't want to lose their autonomy by joining the hospital. And so it's a lot of times we are going to 
uh, we're all we're in everybody's Rolodex now. But that's I'm aging myself on that Rolodex. But but yeah, uh, I got sure a referral. Sure. It's like, hey, I'm gonna refer gonna refer you over to my dermatology friend. And guess what? She's not she's not part of a hospital group, so uh, she's not actually gonna charge you a hospital bill. And that's another difference that a lot of people don't realize here in New York. We've got this consolidation. All the all the uh, physicians are joining hospital groups. But these are hospital bills now. That's why they're oh yeah right reimbursed yeah. three five times more. And now that's hitting the patients' wallets hard now because they're high deductibles. Yeah, that and I think ultimately that's the game changer, right? When it comes to, when you are now you're now at what ten percent of the cost of of because people are going to pay the full price of the deductible. So yeah. It, if you're providing that value, people are going to, they're going to seek you out because it, the hassle factor of trying to, you know, get prices and all the stuff that no people never had to worry about before. Yeah. Well, now it's worth worrying about. Right. And so they're going to absolutely make that change. Yeah. Well, it's been a great catching up with you. I'm yeah. so glad that things are going so well and that you've kind of figured out the marketing thing. And it'd be interesting. I have a number of DPC docs who listen to the show and who've been on the show and it'd be interesting to get their thoughts on this as well, because I, I do think, and I've never thought about it before, I've always thought, oh, it's a great deal, you know, this is why you want to do DPC, but that's not really how you make the sales. No one comes to your house and says, hey, I've got something for $100 you'll love. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I, I got mean, this thing that's going to clean you know, your house, it's going to do all this stuff, and you're like, oh, and it's only $100. Oh, really? And like, gonna, that's always how. You know, it's like if you come up to somebody and say, I'm going to save you a ton of money on your car insurance. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, uh, I yeah. mean, it works for Geico. <laughs> but so do you do you finish your sales pitch sales pitch when well not I shouldn't sales pitch but it sort of is like when a patient calls you and say well I usually you know most people think this would this would cost about $400 a month my charge is only I only charge $100 because I you know save money other way <laughs> is that is that how you you close it or do you just or do you just kind of hit it with the press uh, at the end you know what that's okay I'm glad you asked that actually so I do say I'm only $100 a month and for some people that is expensive yeah, uh, oh yeah, sure. But uh, and uh, and for a lot of people, they say you're only charging a hundred dollars a month. They they do mm -hmm. understand because after that I've explained everything I do, they kind of see that. What it is, what I explained to them is the reason why I'm charging a hundred dollars a month. I could charge more. I know what I can charge, and I know what other doctors are commanding. But I'm not going to charge that because what it is is I have skin in the game here. I charge and it's low, just like you have skin in the game. You're going to pay me every month. But at the same time, I have skin in the game because by not charging as much, I am dependent on you. You, I want to know if I charge you any more, there's a good chance I would lose you. But by charging less, it's telling you that I keeping you healthy is my number one priority. Because if if all I do is like um, if I if I run a transactional uh, medicine model, like what kind of let's face it, the rest of healthcare is. Yeah, you yeah. only get paid if you bill an office. Yeah. So right. there's a bigger incentive uh, to call them in when they're sick. So I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm telling them by only a hundred dollars a month, I'm not making money off of you being sick. I'm, I'm saving money by keeping you healthy. That's where my skin in the game is. My commitment to you, just like you have a commitment to me. And so that, I, I guess, might be the closing argument for my sales pitch. I guess. But it kind of sure. it, it kind of makes it click over there <laughs> for yeah. a lot of people. Well, that's great. Well, I'm <laughs> so glad I'm so glad to hear that. And you know, at some point we'll have to cross paths somewhere. Yeah, I've got to uh, come out here for ramen. 
you kind of just ramen last time. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I uh, yeah, wow. I've only been to, I've only been through New York briefly as I was driving past. Uh, we were doing a college tour with my daughter this first spring break, so someday ah. I'll have to actually visit visit New York. I'm yeah. your classic Midwestern. I'm afraid of the big cities. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you want to find out more about Dr. Gupta, you can go to rivertownspeds.com. The links for that and the show, his previous appearance on episode 31, where he got the big giant bump and then got national notoriety <laughs> and his practice took off, will be available there. As well as, I think you also briefly mentioned the DPC Frontier Mapper. So, if those who are yeah. interested in finding direct primary care practices, I think it's the most comprehensive mapping program that exists that I'm aware of that actually shows all kinds of practices and it's and what someone needs to do and actually if someone at DPC Frontier is listening and I don't know who runs that but what will be really fascinating is what is if they could show the map monthly and how it has changed uh, from month to month because That's I true. looked at it and I swear two months later I looked at it again and there were three more practices in the state of Michigan that weren't there and so the growth is I it's not exponential, but it's certainly accelerating. And I think it'd be very interesting to someone it's just kind inspiring. of watch all the dots, right, show up and as it becomes more prevalent. And I think maybe that's my next goal is I'll try and contact them and tell them to, to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Easy I for think, me to ask, I, right? You know what? I think, it's, uh, I think it's Bill Eskew who runs DPC Frontier. Yeah, well, I'll try and figure it out. And maybe that'll be, be my great goal. guest for Paradox. <laughs> I think so. Hey, thanks so much and uh, have a great evening. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what The Doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash theparadox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com.